Why can't I stop eating? And how do I control my appetite? These are the questions that are most frequently asked by my new clients. In today's episode, we're going to discuss five reasons why you can't stop eating and how to control your appetite so that you can conquer weight loss once and for all. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, author, and mind-body coach. And several years ago, I self-hacked my mind and my body to lose 30 pounds. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and weight loss habits, you'll also learn how to address the destructive habits and negative self-talk that lead to overeating and battles with your weight. The secret to losing weight and keeping it off is not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Why can't I stop eating and how do I control my appetite? These are the questions that are most frequently asked by my new clients. In today's episode, we're going to discuss five reasons why you can't stop eating and how to control your appetite so that you can conquer weight loss once and for all. Number one, you're not eating enough fiber. Eating plenty of fiber is both good for overall health and is also an excellent strategy for weight loss. Studies show that people who eat the most fiber tend to have a healthier body weight. One study found that people who ate no differently, except for increasing their fiber intake, lost as much weight as people who went on a rigid, low-fat diet. Now, the thing that makes fiber key for weight loss is that it's the best natural appetite suppressant. It's not as easily digestible, so it slows the release and absorption of glucose, making you feel full longer and satisfied throughout the day. Now, fiber comes in two forms, insoluble fiber, which is what you'll find in wheat and many fruits and veggies. And this type of fiber primarily helps to remove waste from your body. Soluble fiber, on the other hand, is the type that's found in oats and beans, and it collects water as it goes through your system and takes unwanted substances out of the body with it. Now, it really doesn't matter what type of fiber you eat as long as you get more of it in your diet. Most people are deficient in fiber, getting less than half of the 25 to 30 grams they should be getting on a daily basis for overall health and weight control. Some of the best sources are berries, nuts, seeds, beans, lentils, chickpeas, broccoli, oats, and avocado. Now I'm hungry. I love all of these foods I just mentioned, but out of all of those, I really like avocado the best because they have both fiber as well as healthy fats, which are super filling and can help to curb cravings throughout the day. And when I recommend foods to my clients and my readers, I always like to recommend foods that have like multiple different health benefits and avocados are definitely one of them. Now, I also have a really great recipe on my website for double chocolate avocado cookies. So if you love sweets like me, you definitely want to check it out. And those healthy fats really do help to alleviate those sugar cravings. So I'll drop a link in the show notes, which you can find on my website so you can get that recipe. Number two, you're feeding your emotions. Emotional eating or binge eating is something that many people struggle with, and they don't realize how much it impedes their ability to lose weight. Emotional eating or binge eating 
allows us to remove discomfort and provides a fleeting sense of satisfaction and pleasure when you're feeling something that you just don't want to feel. So the first step is to learn to recognize the difference between emotional hunger and true hunger. Keeping a food journal is excellent for helping with this. By writing things down in your food journal or your health journal, as I like to call it, you'll be able to better make the link between real hunger or eating for reasons other than hunger. All right, so you're probably thinking, well, true, how do I spot the difference between emotional hunger and true hunger? Here's how. So emotional hunger starts suddenly, whereas real or physical hunger comes on more gradually. So emotional hunger, it feels like it needs to be catered to right in this moment versus physical hunger where you can kind of delay it. So think of all those times that you sat hungry at your desk and you were working away because you had to meet a deadline, but you pushed out your lunch because you needed to meet that deadline. So that's an example of real or physical hunger. With emotional eating, you're more likely to keep eating even if you're full. When you satisfy physical hunger, on the other hand, you're able to stop once you're full, usually. (laughs) So the next time you feel like snacking on a sweet treat or a salty snack, I want you to ask yourself, what am I really hungry for? You can use your health journal for this as well. Now, my first encounter with emotional eating and binge eating was when I was away from home in college. So the excitement about my newfound independence also meant that I could also eat whatever my heart and my tummy desired. So I no longer had my mom hanging over my shoulder telling me to eat more spinach or more cauliflower. And by the way, I hated cauliflower at that time, but I love it now. So when I got to college, I was free to roam the streets in search of Checkers, which is a fast food chain in the U.S. We don't have that here in Canada. So that's why it was such a novelty as well when I got to the States. Uh, And my favorite meal there, I'll never forget it, was a crispy chicken sandwich combo with the spicy curly fries and a strawberry pop. I was also free to roam the snack aisles of the local 24-hour Walmart, which again was also a novelty because at that time we didn't even have Walmart in Canada. Bugles, Pringles, licorice, and sugar-laden Capri Sun juice packs were my late-night study buddies. Papa John's pizza deliveries, jack-in-the-box, and checkers outings became the norm rather than the occasional treat. During my time in college, I also experienced a devastating breakup. You know, as I tried to adjust to the new world away from home with also a broken heart, I sought the comfort of food. That's when my binge eating started and my struggle with weight completely snowballed. Many diets later, and after years of self-reflection, I finally managed the urge to swallow my feelings. Again, the eating choices you make comes down to a single question. What am I hungry for? No, it's not like, do I want a burger or do I want pizza? It's getting down to the emotional triggers that cause you to overeat, binge eat, or make poor food choices. It's about transforming your relationship with food. Getting to the root cause is the only way to make lasting change and either lose or maintain weight. Again, you can use your health journal for this as well. Number three, drink yerba mate tea. Probably like yerba mate, what? Well, yerba mate tea is known as the tea of the gods. It's a herbal drink made from the leaves of the mate plant, typically found in the rainforests of South America. It contains an abundance of vitamins and minerals and can improve your health from weight loss to stress management and also provides a natural source of energy. So it's no wonder why it's the number one drink in many South American countries. Now, this tea is known for its powerful thermogenic effects, which means that it fires up your body's calorie burning mechanism. 
Now, during a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial, subjects with obesity were given an oral supplement of yerba mate capsules or placebos for 12 weeks. Subjects took three capsules per each meal for a total of three times in a day. At the end of the trial, they found that the herb contributed to a reduction of body fat and BMIs. So BMI is body mass index. According to another 2011 analysis, foods such as yerba mate and ginseng contain a type of bacteria that may change the way that the body digests fat. Now, this may help a person gain less weight or even lose weight. So yerba mate tea is also great for digestion, and it's packed with vitamins, amino acids, and polyphenols, which are plant compounds that may improve overall health. Not only may yerba mate help with weight loss, it will increase your energy and mental focus as well. At about 85 milligrams of caffeine per cup, it has less caffeine than coffee. And one cup of coffee typically has about 95 milligrams per cup. And it won't cause you to get jittery or interfere with your sleep. Now, speaking of sleep, that brings me to the fourth reason why you can't stop eating. So number four is you're not getting enough sleep. Lack of sleep and overeating are more closely intertwined than you may think. Being overweight or obese is a double-edged sword. Not only does obesity contribute to sleep problems, sleep problems contribute to obesity. That's because a key part of losing fat has to do with how well your hormones are functioning. When you're sleeping, your body is hard at work releasing powerful fat-burning hormones that speed up your weight loss and help you to lose weight. Now, when you don't get enough sleep, your body produces less leptin, which is the appetite-suppressing hormone that sends a signal to your brain when you're full. And it produces more ghrelin, which is the appetite stimulating hormone. Now, if you've ever been unable to stop eating everything in sight when you don't get enough sleep, then you've probably experienced this hormonal imbalance at work. I know for me personally, when I don't get enough sleep, I crave carbs and specifically McDonald's fries. I know. True talk here. Now, I want to introduce you to leptin and ghrelin. So leptin is secreted by your fat cells and it sends a signal to your brain when you're full. So it's the hormone that regulates your appetite, metabolism, and calorie burning. A Stanford study showed that when you lack sleep, you end up with too little leptin in your body. So when you're sleep deprived, your brain is looking for extra calories to keep it going. So what happens is your brain tells you that you're hungry, even though you don't actually need food right at that moment. Then that drives you to eat all the foods that you can't resist, like the cookies, the chips, and the muffins. The end result, sleep deprivation decreases leptin, which leads to constantly feeling hungry and overeating, which slows down your metabolism. This chain of events leads to, you guessed it, weight gain. Do you wish you could uncover the sabotaging patterns that are preventing you from reaching and maintaining your desired weight? Take my free quiz to discover your diet personality so that you can pinpoint habit-forming strategies that will help you to achieve lasting weight loss. You can take the quiz over at trudyestone.com. Now there's ghrelin. So ghrelin is secreted primarily in the lining of the stomach and it increases hunger. It's the other hormone that's linked to sleep and weight. So ghrelin is known as the appetite-stimulating hormone. It's the hormone that's responsible for increasing your hunger and driving you to handfuls of chocolate almonds. Hey, that's just me, maybe. I don't know. So the role of ghrelin is basically the exact opposite of leptin. It tells your brain when you need food, when it should stop burning calories, and when it should store energy as fat. 
when you sleep, ghrelin levels decrease because naturally when you're sleeping, it requires far less energy than when you're awake. So when you don't get enough sleep, you end up with too much ghrelin in your body. So your body thinks you're hungry and needs more calories. What happens is it stops burning calories because it thinks that there's a shortage. Sleep also gives you more control over your brain. Well, how does it do that? You're probably thinking. Brain imaging scans from UC Berkeley showed that sleep deprivation caused increased brain activity in the amygdala, an area of your brain that's associated with motivation to eat. The amygdala is the survival-based and reactive part of your brain. Some studies also show a correlation between a lack of sleep and reduced activity in the prefrontal cortex part of the brain. That's a part of your brain that's responsible for decision-making and self-control, which means that your ability to make healthy decisions is severely reduced when you lack sleep. In a study done by the journal Sleep, they looked at two groups of participants. The first group had four nights of normal sleep, about eight and a half hours a night. I would love to be able to get that much sleep, but that doesn't really happen with me. <laughs> um, the second group had restricted sleep, about four and a half hours. The second sleep deprived group was unable to resist snacks such as cookies, candy, and chips, even though just two hours before they'd consumed a meal that supplied 90% of their daily caloric needs. Additionally, they ate nearly twice as much fat as the group that had slept for eight hours. The effects of sleep loss and appetite were most powerful in the late afternoon and early evening, times when snacking has been linked to weight gain. The researchers also found that sleep deprivation boosts the pleasure and satisfaction gained from eating. Not getting enough shut-eye leads to eating more high-carb, high-fat foods, and high-sugar foods when you're tired. So straight up, the more you sleep, the better you eat. Skipping on sleep reinforces bad eating habits and impacts your decision to make healthy food choices. Bottom line, if you want to control your appetite and your weight, get more sleep. Number five, stop skipping meals. Avoid skipping meals as you'll be more likely to overeat later. The only exception here would be intermittent fasting, where fasting is planned. Intermittent fasting, which is becoming really popular right now for a lot of good reasons, which I'll share in a future episode, but intermittent fasting is basically a way of eating that cycles between periods of eating and fasting. With intermittent fasting, you compress your eating time into a smaller window, which helps your body to become more fat adapted so that you release more fat. It can actually be quite effective for weight loss. When you sit down to eat, you should be hungry, but not ravenous as this will cause you to overeat. So try eating some high fiber, high protein snacks in between meals, like an apple with almond butter. You can even sprinkle the apple with some cinnamon and cinnamon is really great for regulating your blood sugar, which is also another really important part of weight loss. Veggies and hummus, dark chocolate and nuts, avocado toast, or a chia seed parfait. I actually have a really great recipe for a chia seed parfait. And what I'll do is I'll link that up in the show notes. So you guys can grab that recipe on my website. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please go ahead and screenshot it and share it with your peeps on social media. Make sure that you also tag me as well. I'm Trudy E. Stone on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEstone.com. 
That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.